Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm excited to to share the word this morning with you. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, why don't you open with me to Matthew chapter 22. That's where we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm going to be reading from verse 34 to verse 40. And um, I'm going to read it right here. If you don't have your Bible with you right now, you can't pull it up on a device or whatever, that's okay. We're going to have it on the screen. And um, I'm just going to read it. So here we go. Matthew 22, verse 34 says this, But when the Pharisees heard... He had silenced the Sadducees. So the religious sects are sort of gathered right here. Jesus is in the midst of it. They gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, And... A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Why don't you just say that right now? Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The title of the message this morning is this, a love that cares. Would you pray with me? Come on, let's all just pray together in this moment. Let's believe God that he's going to use his word to penetrate our hearts right now. God, we love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to gather, even online right now. Father, I just pray and I thank you that you will use your word. You can use your word and you always do. Take your word and it comes into us, into our hearts. It changes us. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can, it can divide soul and spirit. It can... Uh, penetrate our hearts and it can change us. So Lord, we ask right now that you would change us through your word right now. Holy Spirit, we open up our lives to you. Um, we surrender to you, Holy Spirit, and we ask that you would come in and minister to us right now and come in and help us right now. We thank you for all that you're doing, God. We pray for our country. We pray for our world. We ask for answers in Jesus' name. We pray for miracles in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you're alive and you're active and you're working and we thank you for everything you're doing. We pray um, every good thing from heaven right now in Jesus' name. And we all say together, amen. I want to bring a brand new series today to our house and beyond, wherever you're watching from. But I'm really excited about this series. I mean, this series was actually planned anyway. Um, we're actually on the way towards Easter and this series has a title. The title is this, Love Your Neighbor. Love Your Neighbor. And this is part one. I'm really excited about this series because, man, are we in a time right now where we as believers can love people around us? It's amazing the opportunity we have. Even in the midst of social distancing, it still doesn't matter. We get the opportunity to love people, um, maybe just in a, a way that was a bit different to perhaps you thought. But love your neighbor. That's the title of this series. I'm really excited about it. I hope you'll lean in. I hope you'll... you'll uh, you know, really take this on for yourself. Can I encourage you right now, if you're listening to my voice and you're watching me right now, can I just encourage you that this is actually something that can be very personal for you, that between you and God, that you can actually come together in this moment as you lean into this word and allow his word to shape you and 
change you and mold you that this can actually be pretty awesome for you personally. It doesn't have to be something you just watch like the other things that we all just watch, but this can be really, really powerful. So let's all lean in. Let's all believe together that God's going to reveal stuff to us in His Word right now and through this series that's going to help us as believers do what we're actually purposed and called to do, which is to love people in our world. So I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Why don't you turn to the person who's with you and say, I'm excited about this series. Come on, why don't you do that right now? But I'm excited about it because love is God's currency. Love is what God does. But listen to me, we don't look at what God does because primarily what we want to do is focus on who God is. And if we can focus on who God is, it becomes very apparent, very obvious what God does. So God is love, therefore He does love. Therefore He is loving. Therefore He is like the father in the story of the prodigal son. He is like that, scanning the horizon with love in His eyes, looking for you, looking for me, looking for the prodigals to come home, looking for the lost that have not yet been found. God is love. It's who He is. He can't not be Himself. He, he is love and therefore we can with confidence know today, we can understand today that, that love is just what God does. And so His command in Matthew 22 that we just read, which is to actually love people, it comes from the very heart of who God is. It comes from Himself. See, God loves people. We're called to love God. Why? Because He cares for us. And we love people because God cares for them. And our heart transforms, as we get that understanding, our heart transforms and becomes like God's heart as we go and love other people. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this in the coming weeks. I'm really excited about it. I hope you are too. But this is actually the heart of God. This is who He is and He's been this way for all of eternity. He's been this way forever. And it's just, it's not like, hey, just 2,000 years ago, God showed up on the scene, incarnation as Jesus and thought, okay, now I'm going to be loving. This is actually who God is and He's always been this way. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. It's in Leviticus 19, all the way at the beginning of, that, of our Bibles. We see it in Leviticus 19. I'm going to read in verse 9 in the New Living Translation. It says this, when you harvest the crops of your land, this is God giving His decrees, His laws, His structure, His system to His people. He's putting it. God's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. And He puts sound structure around us in life so we can build our lives and, and be fruitful and, and be blessed. And God puts this in place so we can be a blessing. And so He's giving this to His people here. And He says, Do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. And do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your um, grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Look at what he says. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Now, go a little bit further down to verse 33. Again, this is God setting up his structure, setting up the way he wants his people to, to, to be. And he says this, Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Look at this. Treat them like native-born Israelites, like, like yourself, like, like you. Like, treat them like, like, like they are like you. And he says this, And love them as you love yourself. Remember 
that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. What a powerful, powerful decree and instruction from God all the way. Back in Leviticus, when he was setting everything up, he says to his people, this is how I want you to be. When, when you come across people that aren't like you, when you come across people that believe something different to you, when you come across people that are you know, completely different to you, this is how I want you to be. I don't want you to take advantage of them. He says, I want you to treat them as if they are just like you, as if they are native-born Israelites, the Scripture says. And he says, do this, leave something for them. Leave something on the table. Live a generous life so there is at least something that you can offer the people around you. Isn't this powerful? Isn't this incredible that we can live this way now? This is what God is saying. Love your neighbor. All the way back then, well before Matthew 22, well before Jesus just confirms the way God has always been, which is a loving, caring, awesome, amazing God who cares about you and He cares about me. It's a love that cares. What a challenge for us. What an opportunity for us to live this way. So as always, I've got a few thoughts for us and I call these handles, points, handles, challenges, thoughts, ideas that maybe we can take from Scripture and live out in our own lives. And I pray that these thoughts, these handles every week would be something that you can take away and think, yeah, actually, that's something that I could, I could take, to, take to, the, to the heart of hearts right here and let it penetrate into me. So thought number one this morning, this brand new series, A Love That Cares, Love Thy Neighbor, number one is this, love is birth. Okay, we are given a new heart by God. When we put our faith in Jesus, this is what happens. We go from the old way, to the new way. And we go from being and loving and being the way we used to be, which is according to the sinful nature, according to the fallen world, according to, to even our own thoughts and moral code and whatever else. We, we go from that place and because of the cross, we pass through and resurrection life amplifies and activates our spirit and therefore we now become like God. Everything's changed. It's a total game changer and love, listen to me, is birth in us. And it's amazing when you think about love, that is the moment when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter grace personified, which is Jesus Christ for the very first time. This is what happens, is you do this wonderful exchange. It's almost as simple as saying, hey, God, here's my old heart. And he says, hand that to me. Here's your new heart. Love is birthed in you and me. Upon saying yes to Jesus, there is this great heart exchange that takes place. We go from a heart of stone, heart of this world, to having a heart that comes from heaven. Love is birth. And we're switched on to the things of this kingdom and switched off to the old ways that we once knew. Everything is changed and love is birthed in our hearts. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 31, verse 23. It says this, Love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Love the Lord, all you saints. See, what happens is we get arrested by this love. And I sometimes I have a bit of a problem with people that, about other people that maybe are in love with Jesus and are walking according to His ways and pursuing God. They say things like, oh, that person found religion. Oh, that person found God. But that's actually not what happened. They got arrested by the love of Jesus Christ and grace has completely undone them 
and they cannot live the way they used to live. That's called salvation. That's what happens when we say yes to Jesus. We just do away with the way we used to live. It's like, I just, I'm so blown away right now by the fact that Jesus came to the earth, died on a cross, rose again, and now he gets to live in me. And now he has, because of that act, God has chosen to save me. I don't know about you and I don't know about me, but we should just give God some praise right now because that's what being arrested by love does in our lives. And so when someone says that person's found religion, I'm sorry, but that is just way too, um, way too low of an option for me. It's so much better than that. It's so much more amazing than that. We can't go back to the way we used to live. We can't. When you've encountered grace and love like this, love gets birthed in our hearts and it changes everything. Love is birthed. And that's what happens when we encounter God. But God says, love people. This is why we have to get the order correct. So you notice in Matthew 22, what happens is Jesus says, love God with everything you got which is kind of what I just described. It's like, man, I just, I got nothing else. I just, God, you're just incredible. Here I am. I love you. So he says, love God with everything you got. And then he says, love people. He says, the second is like it, love people. But we've got to get the order correct. We've got to understand that the love that we're called to have for people comes from a love that we have for God. So as we love God, it automatically transforms us, births something new in our hearts, and all of a sudden turns us into this Holy Spirit people that can go out and love people in our world. Love is birthed. So we love God first. And here's the problem. Without that love, all we've got when we go to love people is this. We've got charity. We've got maybe a moral code. Maybe we've got like a, a way that we were brought up, which may be a very good way. But can I just encourage you, that's not God's love because God hasn't been birthed in here. And we get the opportunity when we say yes to Jesus to begin to live with His love that has been birthed in us. And can I just encourage you, doing things for people is great. But when it comes from a love that has been transferred and transplanted because of salvation, it changes everything. And it changes, I believe, the way that we love our neighbor. So love is first birthed in me, and then love goes out through me. So that leads me to point number two. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Point number two, if love is birth, point number two, love extends. Love extends. We have let this love come in, which is what happens when we say yes to Jesus. We have the holy exchange. It's why we call the young adults ministry in our church the exchange because we're believing in Jesus' name that people would encounter God and there would be this holy exchange that takes place, but that's what happens. There's this amazing exchange that takes place. And we are transformed and everything's different, but it transforms us into carriers of the love of God in our world. Carriers of a, a love that just goes everywhere. Think about the time that we're living in right now where everyone is worried about spread. Everyone's worried about, um, you know, contagion and all of it is absolutely real. All of that is absolutely something that we should grab a hold of, um, be subject to and and comply with. But think about this love just for a second in parallel with that. This is a viral love and a viral message that I believe when it reaches people, they will never be the same again. 
they will be changed forever. Their, etern- their eternities will be completely different because of this love that's transformed you and me. You notice how Jesus says the second commandment is like it. It's interesting that that word is there, like. It's like it. You shall love your neighbor, he says, as yourself. There is a connectivity. I call it a tight tether. There's this beautiful tension that exists between our love for God and then our love for people. This is what I believe. I believe it is impossible to love God and not love people. To to not live a life that represents and mirrors this great commandment. It's what's being extended out from us. God's heart is being extended out from you and me to the world that is around us. It's a heart for God. It's the heart of God to have a heart for people. I'd love it if you could write this down. I think I just said it, but I'm going to repeat it again because I think it's worth um, meditating on this thought right now. It's impossible to love God and not have a heart for people. It's impossible to love God and not have a heart for people. I believe that when you're arrested by grace, love has just infiltrated your life. You've been flooded by this heavenly love called Jesus Christ. As we put our faith in Him, we decide that He's our Lord, He's our Savior. I believe as we go through that process of transformation, that it is impossible then not to love people because God loves people so much. Maybe you could say a quick amen right now, wherever you're at with me. It's impossible. You simply cannot love God and not love people. They're too tightly tethered. Listen to the way the Amplified describes it. I love reading the Amplified because it gives it this amplification. It says this, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. That's what it says. Look at it. Unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. You think about people that don't know God. Think about someone, maybe just as I said that, a name popped up in your head or a a face popped up in your head. Someone that hasn't encountered God and hasn't given their life to Him and walked in His way. But you think about that unselfishly seeking a higher good for someone else. What could be more, more of a higher good than knowing Jesus Christ? That causes me to get on my knees and pray for people that don't know God, that we could actually be people that, that do that. How powerful. So I wanted to give us a few practical ideas. In this message right now, maybe you could write these down, think about them, but even in this time, even in the midst of social distancing, isolation, which we are all called to do, be socially responsible now for the greater good. But here's a ways, here are ways I believe that in this new series, as we take this on as a church, as a body of believers around God's Word, that we can extend love to the world around us. I've got a few thoughts for us, got a few ideas. The first is this, ways that you can extend love. Number one, pray for someone. Pray for the people in your world. Unselfishly seek the higher good for someone else. Maybe, there, maybe this would be the best time to pray for people that don't know Jesus in your world, that haven't encountered this grace, that haven't just completely been undone by the goodness of God for themselves personally. Maybe we could pray for people. Maybe we could ask God in prayer to bless people in our world, um, to provide for them, to heal them in this time. Maybe this is a, a practical guide for us in this series, how to extend love, pray for people. Number two, be friends with someone. Take your friendship to the next level with someone, uh, uh, whatever that looks like. But I believe in this time, 
part of what most people need is they just need to know they've got people in their world that are helping them, that are coming alongside them. Maybe you know someone that maybe doesn't have a lot of family nearby or maybe someone who's just recently moved into the city you live or the part of the world that you are. Maybe you could establish some friendship right there and be a loving voice, a loving um, outlet for them to be able to receive the love of God. Right now, that might look like a phone call. Right now, that might look like a text, text message or an email. Um, but why not become a friend to someone right now? It's a practical way that we can extend love. Here's another one. Um, give someone something. Be generous in a way that maybe is a little unusual. Right now, it's not like we can all gather in big crowds, but hey, we can still be generous to someone. We can still give someone something. Um, not talking about sickness, by the way. I'm talking about a not-so-random act of generosity and kindness. Maybe you could send someone a gift online, drop off groceries to their door, buy them something online to be delivered to their house, um, send them a book. But maybe this is an opportunity as we decide today to take up this challenge to love our neighbors that we could extend love by doing something for someone, being generous, and maybe it would be so arresting for them. I love this idea. Generosity can be so confronting for people, especially people that don't, don't know the Father and don't know Jesus. Generosity, especially extravagant generosity, can be so arresting and so confronting to people. They're just like, I love seeing people, they just can't work it out. They're just like, I just logic and reasoning's not there. I don't know why you're being so generous and loving towards me, but maybe this is our time. Maybe this is our opportunity to, to be generous and maybe give someone something. Here's another one. Maybe we could send encouragement someone's, uh, someone's way in these coming days. Uh, what if this week you sent a, a verse or a scripture or something that God lays on your heart in quiet time, meditating on His Word? Maybe He'll give you something to extend to someone else. The Word of God, maybe share a message. Maybe it's this message that you could share with someone else or maybe one of our previous messages that is on this YouTube channel you could send to someone else that might help them. But it's a way that we could send encouragement. You know, encouragement, I love talking about encouragement at church. It's one of our cultural values. It's one of the things that, that we talk about all the time because encouragement is free and it really doesn't take a whole lot. And what do we do when we encourage someone? We're putting courage into them. And we can send encouragement right now. We can put something into people that is a way of God extending love, not only in us, but through us in this time in Jesus' name. But there are probably a thousand ways. There are probably a thousand practical ideas that we could unselfishly seek the higher good, like the Amplified says, for other people to love our neighbor in our world. You know, the book of Acts, early in the book of Acts, it tells a story of in chapter 2, it tells the story of the Holy Spirit showing up. And for the first time ever, dwelling in the hearts of people and tongues of fire and people being filled and therefore being filled with power, the Spirit. But as part of that is actually being filled with the love of God. And it's interesting to me in Acts chapter 2, towards the end of Acts chapter 2, after they'd received the Holy Spirit, after they'd, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit had come and they were filled with power and declaring the goodness of God, you start to feel the love being extended and permeating through God's people. I want to read it to you. It's in Acts 2. In verse 42, it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 43, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and look at it, 
and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, the proceeds to all as they had need. So whatever they need, the love was being extended. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Look at this, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here is this story of people being changed. Like just picture yourself, you've been changed. You, you've entered into relationship with Jesus. Everything has changed for you. But then something begins to happen. Love begins to extend in your world. Love has been birthed in you. And love is now being extended out from you. And then finally, point number three is this. Love overcomes. Love overcomes. Think of an obstacle. Love will overcome that obstacle. Think of a, a stretching or challenging situation. Love will overcome it. As we, and we see this with love. We see this outworking with love. God's love, listen to me very carefully, God's love is an overcoming love. You think about what the cross is. It's overcoming love. The resurrection power that lives in me is an example is probably the example in our own lives of this love, this overcoming love that has come into our lives and has completely changed us forever. This is what happens when we get a hold of this love. It overcomes in our lives. And I believe in this time, no matter what we're going through, that this love can overcome obstacles in our world, obstacles right now. Maybe people are unsettled. Maybe people are struggling right now. Can I just encourage you, the love that's been birthed in you, the love that now extends out from you, is the love that will overcome in people's lives. And we are the carriers of this love. I want to finish with this scripture. It's in Galatians 5 and verse 13. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I just love what it says. Look at, look at it. It says this, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. This is you and me. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we have become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another. Look at these words. Expressing love in all we do. For love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. I want to read it again because it's so good. Freedom means, this freedom that Paul writes about to the Galatians, this is freedom that we've received. This is our freedom, salvation. We've been free. We're captives that have been freed. Okay, this freedom that lives in us that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love, listen to it, in all we do. I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up to love my neighbor. Why? Because the pressure's off. God has done the work. God has sent Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come. It, the Holy Spirit, who is God, resides inside of us and now helps us express this love in all we do. So my challenge this week, kind of like what last week was all about. I said last week that faith overcomes. I believe today that taking this a little bit further in this new series is love overcomes. 
that maybe this week is a challenge for us. A challenge like Paul to the Galatians church, the, the church in that region, that it, it's a challenge for us to today and this week is this. Let's show this love and express it in all we do. Where yes, we might be confined to certain spaces that look a certain way, but do you know that God can still use that? God will take anything that you have in your hand that is offered to Him and He will use it for His glory and His purpose. We can, do, we can take up that challenge right now. We can believe together for God to do that right now. Well, I pray that that word encouraged you. I pray that that word maybe inspired you. And maybe there was revelation that came today from God's word for you able to see that God has done so much in your heart. If you're saved. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.